name is Inigo Montoya. Hello, Miriam. Indiana Jones. Hello. Use the false loop. Mr. John Bowles. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. What's up now? Spider friends. Go for it. Transform and roll out. And I'll form the head. That's what she said. Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Alan. And welcome to the Nerdy Me Podcast. Jonathan, what are we talking about today? Alan, today we're going to be discuss- discussing our favorite opening scenes to movies. All right. Those, those scenes that grab you and let you know that this is going to be a fun or exciting or scary or dramatic film. And you're in for one heck of a ride. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. There's and there's like there's quite a few of these bad boys too. Yeah, it was hard to whittle my list down. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, there's. I mean, when you when you get a good or I'm sorry, a great opening scene to a movie, it's it's just kind of that sense of relief, you know, because you're like, yeah, this is going to be a good movie because you never know going into something, yeah, whether whether or not it's going to be good. Yeah. Um, you know, I know it's not on either of our lists, but. And I know we've been talking a lot about this ad nauseum, but the opening scene of Avengers Infinity War is great. You know, with, with the Hulk getting beat down by by oh, Thanos, yeah, and uh, just that whole opening scene that all comes before the credits. I mean, before the title shows up. So uh, you know, you know, from those first few minutes of of, of that film that it, you're going to be in for some kind of ride. Did you see that movie uh, Revenant with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? I did see the revenue, yes. Now, this is this is not my pick, but I'm telling you, that opening scene, I don't know if you remember, the camera pans over like this, I guess it's a river or something, mm-hmm. and it, and it kind of goes into the campus up, but just that shot of the river, mm-hmm. I don't know what was it about, I, I was thinking to myself, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah, what well, was it about that scene, but it, it grabbed me immediately for some reason. Right, well, I mean, look at my list, I have some of the... I, look, my list is very fairly obvious. I'm not an auteur, so I'm not choosing these obscure films. I mean, these are these are all films people have heard of, and and okay. they're made by by some of the best directors ever ever to live. Um, but yeah, like I, I definitely have one where is there one, one or two that where the just the camera work itself is what makes it a great scene. So sometimes it's not even just the what's happening in the scene. It could be something like the camera work or right. Um, um, the dialogue, you know, it could just be two people talking. Yeah. Um, it's it's not always action. And as I look at my um, list, yeah, okay, no, I was gonna say as I say that, I look at my list, it's all action. But it's not. <laughs> I mean, one 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 of them's even animated, so you're oh. not just limited to to um, uh, um, you know, live action stuff. So right. yeah, so let's get started. You want to start first? Uh, sure, sure. Okay, I'll I'll start one. Okay. Let's let me take you back to 1993. Wait, we're getting our way back machine. Oh, sorry. Let me strap in. Hold on a second. Okay. Me too. Click. (laughs) 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 Click. (laughs) Oh wait, you weren't seatbelted on. Started already. Oh, we lost wow. Alan in '97. We were he, he fell out the he fell out the way back, which is '97. Damn it! Um, no, right, not so that, 1992. Not, 1993, not too far back. And this is, I believe, Dude, this we're was. We're in college. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're in college. Uh, I believe this was Stallone's comeback movie. I think 
I, if I recall, I think this was. This movie is, is uh, Cliffhanger. Um, oh. Right? So yeah. this opening scene... God, l- let me refresh your memory. So basically, um, he's a, a re- rescuer. His name is Gabe. And um, his, his buddy Hal, and I think the girl's name is Sarah... I think Hal's injured, and they're at, at the top of this peak, and uh, so they're calling in for help. And you know, Gabe and his friend they fly out to him and stuff like that. And uh, so they have to drop a line between these two peaks, right? And uh, oh my god, God, my hands are sweaty just thinking about it already. <laughs> you know, and so they they throw a line. You know, Hal, you know, Hal's a good climber. He he makes it across, and Sarah she buckles in, and she's I want to say maybe halfway through. And you can clearly see there's something wrong with her rigging, you know, the, the harness that, that, that she's attached to. Mm-hmm. And you can just kind of see the strap slowly kind of slip away. And you can just see her just kind of holding on as she's slowly falling down, you know, like kind of like dripping down that, that strap. And and Stallone is like, Sarah, I'm coming for you. Did Hal make a cry? Yeah, yeah. Hal says, I'm, I'm coming for you. And he goes out there and uh, it's one of those scenes where – you know that that falling scene where you're just holding on to someone for their dear life, and it goes down. Gosh, I believe it goes down right to their fingertips. You know, and Sarah drops. Oh, spoiler alert! Right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Sarah drops, and the look of horror in her face as she's dropping down. And I remember watching the movie. I was just like, "No way!" I could not believe what I was watching. And to me, that I thought that was such a powerful scene right there, and just kind of sets the stage for the rest of the movie, you know. But uh, yeah, I remember watching that and just freaking out. But, but dude, my hands are sweaty right now thinking about it. it. It's 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 crazy. They filmed it so well, you know. I think what made it work was it wasn't like a quick drop. It was at that struggle, you know. Like I got gotcha. you, you know. I'm holding on to you. Like don't let go, you know. And basically, he has her life in his hands. And uh, and his buddy's saying, "Don't let go! Don't let go!" You know, and uh, boom, she gone. <laughs> and boom, and boom, and, and boom goes the woman. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a really tense, thrilling opening scene. Uh, I think what makes it um, really memorable is it's Stallone, and Stallone doesn't lose. I mean, he went to Vietnam and. <laughs> and and you know won the war for us. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, he, you know he he blew up a guy with a, a explosive arrow, a guy shooting a, a machine gun at him that for some reason couldn't hit him. Right. Um. So Stallone doesn't fail. And in the first moments of this film, and you're right, it is a comeback for him. He fails, and he fails awfully, and you feel the tenseness, you feel the drama, you feel her fear, her her. Of, of falling you fear you feel his his anxiety his fear of of letting her go right. um and, and this kind of lets you know and and because it has it, re, it has repercussions that go throughout you know further in the movie you know his friend obviously whose girlfriend falls stops talking to him more or less or stops trusting him and right. still starts questioning him himself as a this is his job you know he failed at the one thing he was supposed to be great at <laughs> which is rescuing climbers yeah. um and you're right. The dialogue is just insane. Um, I think she she's like, please don't drop me. Please don't drop me. Or please get me. And oh, and Hal's and, like, don't 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 let go. Don't let yeah. go. And he's like, and, Sarah, just reach up. 
Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Is he <laughs> saying I won't drop you? I won't drop you? And and you believe it, and and especially in that you know that time period. Like I said, Stallone never failed up to that point, and uh, you know for that that to happen for you know you think this woman's going to be like a, one of the main characters because they they introduce them all as like friends, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, it was oh, because isn't isn't the other woman in the helicopter? Yeah, sh- she's there and she's kind of guiding him, and she kind of consoles. Yeah, and he, he, that there was nothing else. At least you reacted and stuff, but but you know you you sense there's a rift after that between the two friends, you know. Right. Um, but again, just going back to that scene, I mean, who hasn't thought about that scene of like, could I like, how long can one person can hold on, you know? And then you just have to let go, you know. You just yeah. you just don't got it anymore. So, and, and but she'd say things, you know, like. She's not being that brave. Like, all right, I know you're coming. She's like, I don't want to die. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that, I mean, if I was in his situation, I'd be like, stop saying things like that. You're making me nervous. <laughs> you know? um, Positive affirmation, please. And, and isn't um isn't the bo- the friend, the boyfriend, Michael Rooker? Yeah. Yondu? Yeah, yeah. The right. great Michael Rooker. Right. Yeah, who I met. But I'll tell that story another time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just because he... So this, the this, the 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 brace snaps, and he grabs her. So it's one of those things like she's gonna fall, but he you know grabs her at the last instant. So you're like, oh, he got her. Yeah, right. And you know you can see his muscles, and she he, all all he can say is hold on, hold on, and she's screaming, I don't wanna die. Oh my God, it's so uh, good. Sorry, Sarah. Sometimes we don't get what we want. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, that's so. a great opening scene, and and it really just sets you up for the whole movie. Yeah, uh, John Lithgow is the villain, and he's oh a great, CMF. yes, you know uh, Janine Turner is in it from uh, Northern Exposure, which you, if you ever watch is a really fun, funny show. Good, not funny, but a really good show. Um, yeah, I don't think Cliffhanger gets the the love it should get um, as a Stallone movie, and it. The funny thing is, I it's a movie I forgot existed until you brought it up. You know, when we talked it over beforehand about yeah, our yeah. our movie picks, you know. Um, and you know, I just did a Rocky three rewatch. Oh, did you? I did, and and um, I forgot why something something was reminded. Oh, because Creed's coming out, and they're doing a uh, Creed two is coming out, and it's um it's uh, Drago. And instead of watching Rocky four, I'm like, oh, I want to see Mr. T again. So <laughs> I watch that one. But uh, what yeah, a but, great comeback movie! Yeah, it really know, because he was out for a while. I think his last crappy one was Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, and then Done. And then he comes back with this. And then he started rolling out, I think, like, Demolition Man was one. Um, Judge Dredd, maybe? I don't know. It was all – this is, like, all mid-'90s stuff. But Cliffhanger kind of, like, led the way for him. So, I am the law. Yeah, it was great. Bless you. Sorry. He sneezed. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, great pick. Great good choice. All, all right. right. Like I said – None of mine are going to be surprises. None of mine are going to be whatever. But if you listen to any of our shows, you know I love Star Wars. And the opening scene of Star Wars is such a fantastic, I don't know how many minutes, but it starts with the opening card a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then you hit with John Williams' score, and the and the the logo comes up for Star Wars, and then the the screen crawl for the story thus far, and then 
all you see is this little rebel blockade runner getting shot at. <laughs> and and then you see this looming huge shadow coming after it. And I think at the time it was like the longest starship ever on screen or something like that. And it <laughs> oh, was, it's a great uh, this, angle. Yeah, yeah, the underneath angle, the Star Destroyer. Well, this thing is so huge that it eventually overtakes the, the, the blockade runner and it fits like right into its little hangar opening. Right. You know, um, and then you go from that the the to inside the road blockade runner where you just got these so like you don't know what's happening you don't know what's going on but you have these these i guess troops if you want to call them and these weird helmets you know rushing to prepare for an onboard attack you know and then you have the uh the uh the door you know like sizzling like they're cutting the door open and it it blows open and uh here walks through darth vader well first come the stormtroopers and they and they, they just – and the thing is this. You don't know who's good or bad at this point. But you know as soon as the stormtroopers walk in because you're like, bad guys don't look like robots. <laughs> um, and it's funny. When I was a kid, I thought they were robots. I didn't know there was actually people inside them. Right. Um, so – and then they come through. And the best part – one of the parts I always liked, and I don't know why, but it's it's after the, the battle is done and before Vader walks in. You know, stormtroopers are like checking their their dead and, and all that stuff. And then Vader appears in the doorway, and they all stand at attention suddenly. You know, right? And I, that always just kind of uh, resonated with me. And then he comes walking in, and he's just—I mean, because the hallway's white and brightly lit, and the stormtroopers are all white, and in comes this black and menacing mask man, straight out of like children's nightmares, and. <laughs> His voice, the deep James Earl Jones voice, and just the menace that he portrayed as soon as he stepped on the screen was incredible. And as a child, it captivated me, and as a, a, an adult, it still captivates me every time I say it. I love that how this, this is definitely, God, that's got to be like top three openings of all time. I mean, that's such a that's such a great pick, but I, I love that that what you just you know talked about. They just go right into the story, you know. You're just like, what the hell's going on, you know? And then you, and, and as the story unfolds, you're like, oh, okay, I think I kind of get it. But uh, I, that is gotta be like one of the ultimate intros for, for like even Darth Vader. He's gotta be like one of the top bad guys in the movie universe as well, you know. And this is his intro. But so let me ask you a question: Rogue One. We we saw Rogue One. How Rogue One ends and A New Hope opens. Does that does that change anything for you? No, I mean, I thought it blended pretty nicely, um, you know, because when Vader walks in Star Wars, he's just this evil, menacing presence. And his short scene in Rogue One, or the end at least, that proves it, you know, that proves what a what a badass he is. And at least at the time, um, I think that kind of got lost with all the prequel stuff. Uh, so it was a it was a real nice reminder. Oh right, exactly of who, who yeah. this guy was. Oh God. right, that that's and and, awesome. and I think I think when people look at Rogue One, that kind of saves the film. Not not that it was a bad movie, but that really jumped. You know, if you were gonna give it a three, that that scene makes you give it a four kind of thing. Right out of, out of five, yeah. and um, I, I, it and that's what I think. What the 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 beauty of that scene is, it reminds you of the menacing Vader that we thought he was in a new hope because look and, and, and well empire, he's a total badass. <laughs> uh, but Jedi, he softens of course, because he does eventually 
uh, turn good again and all this other stuff. Uh, and then the prequels, you know, because it's hard to get that image of that whining boy out of here. <laughs> you know, um, so, yeah, I, I think it was a nice lead in, a nice um, segue into, into New Hope. Yeah. And you're right. It's one of the most iconic openings in screen. History, oh, absolutely. Uh, God, it's that's such I was like, why didn't I think of that? That went right over my head. <laughs> you were at Star Wars. I'm like, yeah, Star Wars. All right. That, that's a great one. Okay, my next one. Uh, we're going up to 1998, and this movie starts off with uh, oh, what's her name? Tracy Lords, and she's with this guy. And they're in the car, and she's taking. You can kind of hear like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? This is a family show. This better not be a porno. Damn Does it. this Tracy Lords film involve a pizza delivery? <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> You're talking about Tracy Lords, not me. Yeah, and so she's bringing this guy into. Uh, it looks like a like a meat locker or some sort of freezer or whatever, and you can kind of hear the buzz of music going around. And all of a sudden, it goes to this, a rave, I guess you'd call them at the time? No? Like a dance yeah, club or whatever? Yeah, Yeah. And uh, so the scene I'm talking about is the opening of Blade, right? Wesley Snipes, the vampire oh, hunter, right? Yeah. And I remember the, this scene, you know, it's it's loud, it's, you know, the music rocking and stuff like that, and all of a sudden, the guy is just standing there, and he just feels like a, a little drop of something wet on his cheek and he he you know takes his finger and kind of looks at it and it's 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 blood you know and all of a sudden this the splinker sprinklers splinker sprinklers start to go <laughs> i think and blood just all over the place and the whole crowd is just like bathing and dancing dancing in this blood they're all you know drenched and then you see this and, oh and they, they start beating up this guy and he's on the floor he's crawling around and they're kicking him and all of a sudden he stops up to this to this guy's boot and the camera pans up and it's blade black trench coat sunglasses right um leathered out and stuff like that and then boom and they're like it's him and, and they go attack him and blade just wrecks everybody like it, it, it's, it's so amazing what he does his martial arts he's shooting people he's kicking everyone's butt and stuff um there's some comical scenes in it too but it's oh no even let me go before that you know, he takes out his sword and he kind of draws a line in the blood, almost daring them, like, come across <laughs> the line, right? And yeah. the more they come after him, boom, that, then, then it's, it's Wesley Snipes' time, you know? And, uh, yeah, that, that that opening, I just remember watching it in my heart racing. And, uh, and the scene's over, like, wow, holy crap, what is this? And a lot of people forget, this is, like, Marvel's first, I want to say, successful superhero movie. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of goes under the radar because uh, back in 98. But, you know, it wasn't Marvel Marvel. It was New Line Cinema at the time. But still. Um, Marvel character. Yeah. Still still Marvel character. Still, still a superhero and stuff. And, oh, my gosh. I remember watching this like, oh, holy crap. This is going to be a good movie. And then, again, then it kind of slows down after that. But uh, what a wonderful scene, you know. Yeah. And I think, I, you know, I think what all these opening scenes are going to have in common is it really – gives us insight into the main characters and this is what you learn about blade first of all the stunt work was incredible the martial arts it really shows off not just was the science but you know the 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 fighter that blade is you know they're showing you i mean he literally takes on a whole club full of vampires by himself <laughs> um you know his sword is tipped with silver so they disintegrate right away he's got bullet you know silver bullets um you know he's doing all these different things and 
he enjoys it. I mean, you talk about he draws that that line up in the blood, and you know he everyone you know he smirks at them. You know, like right. yeah. like he goes, I don't do anything else in the world but kill vampires. You know, <laughs> and this is my job. This is what I love to do. Um, and it's great. It's just a great opening scene. It 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 really it lays down the foundation of the universe that you're about to delve into in terms of what the rules are uh, in regards to vampires and and even what his his role is, you know, because they refer to him as Daywalker and things like that. Um, oh, just, it's funny just, you mentioned that how, how he likes killing them. There's that one scene right, you know, right at the end of that particular opening where he's got this like a like a boomerang kind of glaive. Oh, they, I think they call it the glaive. And right before he throws it, he smiles, right? <laughs> and then he whips it around and psh, they all like fizzle and stuff. But I remember when he smiles, at, you're just like, what? <laughs> Who is this guy? You know? Ah. <sighs> so good i can watch that opening actually I, I keep that opening on my phone all the time for some reason i think it's so cool yeah it's 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 a it's an awesome opening and uh yeah i, I remember that and you're right it was to see a marvel hero any marvel hero be successful was awesome and and that's why for me i was a little like confused about the, like black panther getting all this hype and success about being the first african-american hero and all this stuff but he, i mean he was i mean i loved black panther but dudes, Blade, Blade Two. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? Blade all the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember when Blade Two came out. I think you, we watched it together, and I remember. I think you were both talking about like, how come they haven't like, where's Spider Man? You know, because Spider Man didn't yeah. come out yet. We're like, oh, they can do this. You know, they they can make this movie. <laughs> you know, and I think it's because the success of Blade, they were able to you know, you know, start building upon this whole comic book universe and stuff. But. I, Blade was it. He, I think he started it all. Yeah, yeah, for Marvel at least. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> Mar- the thing is, a uh, Blade, the success of Blade, um, gave it was New Line, right? So it yes. gave other other um, studios that had Marvel properties like Fox. It gave them the uh, uh, the confidence to do their movies. So that's you know, Blade begat the X Men through Fox. Uh, the success of X Men through Fox begat Sony doing uh, Spider Man. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. the success of Spider Man uh, also gave Sony, I believe Sony or Fox, I, I, I forgot who's got the property, um, to do the Fantastic Four. Wah, yeah. Wah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And then you know DC was just chugging along with their new Batman, their new Superman. Oh, they were kicking butt at the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, Blade came out about a year or two after Batman and Robin. And Batman and Robin, George Clooney will even say this, that, you know, I'm sorry I killed, well, he'll say Batman, but he kind of killed superhero movies for a few years there. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Spider-Man 3 did its best to end it too. Yeah. Um, but this but was yeah, Marvel's so, first success. I mean, can you think of a, a successful Marvel movie before play? Well, don't say Howard the Duck. But <laughs> it's probably not. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, did, did Marvel publish Conan? But would you you wouldn't consider that Marvel because they didn't create the character. Um, yeah. Um, no, I I mean, I really can't think of it. I mean, there was all those movies. I mean, there were movies I loved to watch that had like, you know, the Captain America with the transparent shield and the motorcycle. I mean, it's awful. Oh movies, yeah. I, I loved watching them. I loved the Spider Man TV show, right. the live action one, and the Hulk. Um, but they were awful, awful shows and yes. movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't think they were very sick. I don't think they had anything. Yeah. Wesley Snipes, baby. All right. Nice one. All right. What else you got? All right. My next one 
Where do I want to go? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. All right, let's go. Um, Star Wars, of course, directed by George Lucas. Let's go with one. Uh, I think probably his best movie, if not t- definitely top three. Uh, Mr. Martin Scorsese. Okay. And I have the opening scene to Goodfellas. Boom. Boom. So you have um, Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, and – oh, Lord. How much I forget his name? And um, Frank – nope, that's on it. Dang it. Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro. Jimmy. And Ray Liotta, thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> IMDB. Uh, and Ray Liotta driving down a dark highway during this big old Cadillac, uh, like a 1970s Cadillac, uh, driving down the highway, and um, suddenly you hear like knocking from the back, from the trunk area. And they pull over and they open it up. And the camera is from inside the trunk. So when it opens up, you see the three of them standing over it. And then all you see is Pesci take out a knife and starts jabbing it. And the camera angle switches, and they're just jabbing it into the – he's just jabbing the knife into the trunk, cursing, and, you mother oh, – Yeah. And then uh, I think I think De Niro finally puts a, you know, puts a bullet in the guy, and you find out there's a guy in the trunk. And um, first line – you know, the first voiceover line is uh, – for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a gangster. And then the 50s music cut – blast in and then <laughs> then it flashes back to when henry hill was a kid ah uh, such a great opening i mean just uh you know you got you got pesci and de niro in the opening scene and you're like what are these guys up to and you don't know who ray Liotta is yet he wasn't a big name yet right um and you know the the soundtrack of, of just the whole movie but it begins in the you know with the opening scene is fantastic and the, those first, those are, I mean, I think those are iconic lines, those first few words. You know, for as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a gangster. Um, it's just a great setup for what this movie's going to be. And it's shot beautifully. And, you know, Pesci's like, you don't know anything from Pesci yet. He's a crazy MF for that. Apparently carries a knife around with him. <laughs> like, a, it's a kitchen butcher knife, you know, or it's just, it's just such a great, you're like, and it's so it's so visceral and so violent you're like what am i getting myself into? <laughs> and it doesn't let its foot off the gas for the whole movie it, it you know the violence gets ramped up the craziness gets ramped up um it, you know it, it just the whole movie it's i mean that's like shawshank redemption for me that's something i can watch over and over and over again. oh such a good flight yeah awesome 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 sauce <laughs> Uh, let's see. Let's go. Let's go way back. Let's go to 1981. My all-time favorite film. If you know me, you probably know what it is already. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. This opening scene, I, I love it. You know, um, even even like you know, from the very very opening where you kind of see like the Paramount logo and it morphs into like a real mountain. And you just see these dudes, you know, kind of walking through the jungle and stuff. And and then, uh, you know, even even the intro of Harrison Ford, he, he kind of like, there's like a little silhouette of him. And he kind of turns to the faces of the camera. It's like, oh, here's this guy. Um, but then they go after the idol, you know. And you find that they find like this, I guess it's this temple or whatever. And the temple's booby-trapped. And they're going from, you know, through one booby-trap after another booby-trap. 
uh, up until he gets, you know, he's right at the idol there and, you know, that iconic scene where he's making that transition of dropping a sandbag on that, on that, um, platform that, that, you know, there's a sense for weight on it. And then when he gets the weight wrong, the whole temple comes crashing down and he's running out and he's booking and, you know, the exchange with him and Cepito trying to, you know, throw me the whip and I'll throw me the idol. I mean, everything in that opening scene as a kid, I mean, it blew my mind. I mean, it had such an impact that, you know, to this day, I, I, I don't think there's like a, a time, a year in my life where I haven't seen, you know, a Raiders of the Lost Ark movie just to kind of watch it. To tell you the truth, man, if ever I see a bad movie, I will watch Raiders of the Lost Ark to kind of cleanse my palate. You know, just kind of be like, <laughs> all right, I need to watch a good movie, and I'll pop Raiders on, and I'll and I'll enjoy the heck out of it. You know, all all of them really, but th- this intro for Raiders of the Lost Ark to me is is so fantastic. There's something so magical about Harrison Ford playing this role of of this adventurer and going through all these booby traps, and him, you know, kind of working his way through it, but. Uh, it's it's simple, it's quick, but it's such a huge, huge impact. And they even um, did an episode of Mythbusters. Could Indiana Jones really outrun those darts? And they, you know, Adam and Jamie, they were they were watching film. They were timing the darts. They were time. I mean, they they took this thing to detail, and it's possible you can actually outrun the darts if you run quick enough. Um, about the boulder? Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Did they do that one? Can they didn't do the boulder. They did do. Um, is it possible to throw your whip and cross over? It's it's possible, but you know, for them, they had a you know, it was a couple of tries, and they they eventually uh, did it. But uh, oh, such such a great scene! I, mean, I made my own bullwhip. You know, I learned how to how to fabricate my own bullwhip from freaking Indiana Jones. But that opening scene, I, I just I can watch it over and over again. Oh yeah, it's a fantastic opening. It's so thrilling. Like you're like, when when we talk about a uh, uh, movie that's a fun ride, that that is like one of the top of the list. It it, it, it for me, it elicits different emotions than Star Wars or Goodfellas. Like all, and I think that's the common thread of all these scenes we're talking about is 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 what is the the emotion we're feeling from watching it, and you know, saying the words. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark or Temple of Doom or Last Crusade, I automatically start to feel like I'm almost on a roller coaster, like it's a thrill ride, you know? <laughs> yes. And that's that opening scene is just one thrilling moment after another, you know? It's like, like, and he, ba- everything that happens to him, he barely escapes. Like he, <laughs> that's right. He barely outruns the, uh, the, uh, the, the natives chasing after him. He barely outruns the boulder. He, you know, he barely crosses the pit. He barely gets under the door. He has to go back for his hat. Um, you know the, the door that's closing in on him, and uh, it, it's just it's just thrilling, and you're rooting for the guy. You know, this scene is perfect because it gets you rooting for Indiana Jones right off the bat. You don't know anything about him except that he's super lucky or super skillful. <laughs> <You know? laughs> a little bit of both, I think. Yeah, a little bit of both. <laughs> and he loves his hat because you know he had to go back for his hat. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that. I love that. That he's not the perfect hero. That he that he does make mistakes, you know, and he just kind of powers himself through. But uh, oh god, I love I love that opening scene. Oh, again, another scene that I, that I always leave on my phone. You know, it's <laughs> something I can watch all the time. All right, what else you got? All right, uh, my next one is one, two, three, four, five. Okay, um, I'll go Steven Spielberg too. Okay, the opening scene to then and. Oh God! 
Jaws, the opening scene of Jaws. When you watch this movie, when this movie opens, it's I don't know if it's if it's sunset or sun. Uh, it's sunrise. dark, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but it, I don't know if the sun's setting or, this, or this, yeah. the sun's rising. Okay. Um, but it's a it's a very drunk young man, and I'm assuming a drunk young lady, and they decide they're gonna go skinny dipping in the ocean, and they're running into the ocean, and and the guys, you know, the girl undresses and, and jumps into the water, and the guy's kind of drunk, and he kind of collapses on the beach, and she's like, "Come on out, it's great," and he's like, oh, "I'm coming," but he's just lying on the beach all drunk, and then she's just swimming away, doing her thing, and then all of a sudden, she feels like a pull. Oh, it's like a ton of yes. And the music changes. Yeah. And then then she's looking around. She's like, what's going on? And then she feels another tug. And then she starts to panic a little bit. And then she gets pulled. And then she gets waved around like like a rag doll in in the water. Like, like real quickly, she goes back and forth and back and forth. And she's screaming bloody murder because it literally is bloody. (laughs) Yeah. She's screaming, and she actually gets to a buoy, and she grabs onto the buoy, but that doesn't help save her until finally. And you gotta, you know, the music is building, bah, 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 you know, and until finally she's dragged underwater. And the best part of this is that Steven Spielberg is genius enough to, after she gets dragged underwater, to just leave the camera stationary until the water is calm. And. It's as if she was never there. Ugh. Nowadays, uh, a, a director would probably have like blood coming up. <laughs> yeah, he, right. he, no, you know, like yeah, to, no, you're right. Yeah, saturate the water. Yeah, he doesn't even do that. Yeah. It just becomes a calm ocean again, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, this, um, you know, the poster did have a big shark on it, um, but you know, you know, again, we don't see that. You know, it's a famous story that. The shark was mechanical and, and had so many problems that uh, he filled. He filmed scenes that he would have shown the shark without showing the shark because it was it was more it was because the shark was always broken. Hmm. And um, I think at some point he realized this is actually a better movie, a more suspenseful movie, by doing it this way. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's just a great scene and, and look you know it was it's considered the first summer blockbuster came out in 1975 uh, it's the model of every summer blockbuster since in terms of um, you know we have Avengers now and stuff like that because of, of that you know and summer it's funny summer movie season used to begin Memorial Day weekend now it's starting you know what was April 24th was it <laughs> you know, so it keeps getting it'll be February soon you know when summer movie season starts but um yeah, Jaws, uh, just a great... Oh, can I tell you, though? I-, I like Jaws. I really, really do. But I hate that movie because I don't know who didn't get a phobia from that freaking movie. To be out in the ocean and just thinking what's underneath you, it- it's scarred me for life, you know? I went uh, snorkeling one time. I was in the Caribbean. And I could not not think about a shark, you know? <laughs> it-, it-, it can't stand it. But it- fantastic freaking movie. So good, yeah. So good on all aspects. God damn it! <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, I, I, like I, I never guess. I'm not a big ocean goer anyway, but I just rationalize like, well, I don't go as far out as those people go. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's some like news where like people are like close to the shore and they're getting bitten by sharks and stuff. It's it's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. 
So yeah, be careful, people. Or you need your bat shark repellent, and you're gonna be fine. <laughs> um, hey, wow! I got a spill remover for you too. This guy knows how to do openings, I think. Apparently, <laughs> we're going to 1998. Uh, wow, this is another one of my top films of all time. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh my God! Who cannot forget that scene where they're they're hitting the beach? I mean, it's so real it's it's so terrifying um to, to see this you know and and to think this is kind of how it went down and to you know to get pummeled by machine gun fire and you know i guess your instinct when you when you see things like that is is to run away and they're going towards it you know which is it's amazing to me but the sounds just god man spielberg is so i'm thinking that scene right now i can't believe how good this guy is you know yeah. even the color palette of that scene is is it's amazing you know it has that old kind of rustic feel you know like Bander brothers has that grayish kind of tone to it and you mm-hmm. know i have that scene well ends. it started with that movie yeah you know, yeah band of brothers aped it from him yeah right right um yeah, fantastic. You know, Tom Hanks is playing this role where, like, you're thinking, like, Tom Hanks and, you know, doing an action thing. And, oh, man, he excels in this one. Um, but, you know, even when that scene that, that ends all together, how the camera just kind of pans over the over the beach and you see all the bodies down there. And it slowly kind of hovers over to, you know, a backpack that says... Uh, Ryan on it, I think, right? Is that what happens? Oh yeah, yeah, the brother, the first the brother. brother. But uh, man, that scene—it's—it's it's, it it rocked your socks off, you know. And you're just seeing like, what the hell is <laughs> you know this is crazy, you know. And and I remember reading interviews of this, saying like, yeah, this this was probably as close you can get from a film of how it, how it went down, you know, from a movie point of view and stuff. Um, the, the the realism behind it, but. Gosh, it's it's absolutely amazing that scene, how how they actually did that, you know. Yeah, it, what was what was amazing about that scene is, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I remember hearing you know alleged reports when the movie came out that you know veterans were watching this movie and having like post traumatic flashbacks and stuff about about the war, even if they were in a D Day. Uh, it, it's still this as one of the most realistic battle scenes ever, right? Um, and it doesn't sugarcoat anything we're not you know americans aren't the big heroes in it uh you know or well they are but like the the guys aren't these fearless right they're not beaches right you know we've got you know they're getting mowed down man you know they're getting mowed down they're afraid they're you know the guy the one the one injured guy is crying you know he's crying for his mother oh uh, my gosh so the other one's carrying his own arm with him right um you know uh the scene where where uh tom hanks captain miller is dragging uh, an injured person with him and the bomb goes off near him and he's still dragging it but he realizes he realizes for some reason it's it's lighter and he right. turns around and, and half the his body is gone Ugh. um it's just uh, you know and when they're when they're trying to breach that one part and Hanks keeps sending he's like, you know, calling out names like, you know, you could try to breach him. They keep getting mowed down until he finally sends a sniper in to get the machine gun nest. Uh yeah, it's it's a it's a very emotional, almost feudal kind of feeling. Like I remember leaving that movie. Um part of it was like that wasn't worth Private Ryan. You know, like they like all those people died to save him. Right. And, and and even he says that in the movies like tell me 
tell me I'm a good person. Tell me I did good things, you know? Yeah. Um, cause, and, cause what's Miller say to him when he, when, you know, before he dies, like earn this, earn this, right. You know, could you, could you imagine the burden of having, of, of being <laughs> him? I was, I was just like, it was so futile. And, and for me up to that point, you know, I was in my mid twenties, more movies were about glory and about, you know, doing the right, you know, saving people and doing the right thing. And the hero always wins. And I, I remember leaving that movie, like what, like, what is the point of any of that? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It was really, really uh, a weird thing for me. But that opening is just, and it just, it's hard to imagine now because a lot of movies kind of copied in and, and that kind of violence and gore is kind of commonplace now. But I think that's the first time you saw that kind of blood and guts kind of things outside of like a horror flick. Right, yeah. You know, and it was yeah. more realistic, you know. Yeah. And, and the fear uh, in them too, which is like you said these guys weren't, you know, they're not quote unquote superheroes. These are, you know, regular people. And that yeah. the fear that they displayed on screen is is it's terrifying to, you know, the guy, "Mom," you know, he's call, calling up his mom and some other guy. I think there's one scene where he's l- literally looking at his intestines, you know, and he's yeah. it, almost like he's trying to put himself back together again. Oh, it, it's crazy. And I, I don't think you you don't get a chance to catch your breath. No. I think to, they make it to the very top where yes, it is. Uh, I think Tom si- Sizemore is like packing some dirt in his can and they're just kind of talking. And then Tom Hanks handshaking. And that's the first time you can get get a chance to breathe. You know, yeah. for me, like 15 minutes, you're like holding your breath. Uh, but uh, th- that's such a powerful, powerful opening scene yeah. for me. Or even a part where the medic is working on this one guy and he kind of gets him stabilized and then the bullet just rips him to the head. Oh, God. And he's like, give me a chance. You know, right. He's screaming, just give us a chance. Yeah. Oh, um, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's a great – I mean, this Spielberg, he does do good openings. <laughs> I know. We uh, started naming them off like, wow, he does good openings, this guy. Yeah. Cute. Good one. Not Crystal Skull, though. but How, well, I don't know. What was the opening <laughs> of that one? Oh, that was – is that the car and the gopher? It was a car that was a gopher and Ugh, no, that was bad. Refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got any more? All right. Yeah, I got two more. All right. Uh, Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan, The Bank Robbery. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Such a great – well, first of all, who doesn't love a heist movie? And this movie opens up with a heist. Uh, everybody's in their clown masks and one by – you know, as they each perform their job and they're not needed – uh, they get shot and just a genius of just telling each person just enough of what they need to know you know like the alarm guy he didn't know anything so to cut the alarm <laughs> and then the next guy's like yeah I was told when you were done to kill you boom you know uh, and then you know when they're in the bank he goes well I guess you were supposed to come he goes no I have to kill a bus driver he goes what bus driver then boom a bus <laughs> runs the dude over <laughs> you know or uh uh uh, the the bank manager being like, do you know who you're stealing from? And he put the grenade in his mouth. And I didn't realize. I had found this out later. I didn't realize that the last guy to get on, you know, the last guy in the clown mask was actually the Joker. I didn't realize that at the time of watching the movie. Oh yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Um, but it's just such a. It's well shot. It's well acted. Uh, it's tense. It's got fun. It's got funny moments. It's 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 kind of like the the movie itself and, and the joke you're like what am I getting myself into what is this movie about well, not, like none of this is making sense but 
I want more of it. You know, right, right. who is he robbing from? Like who who yells at him? Like, do you realize who you're robbing from? Uh, <laughs> you know, people that have their savings here. I don't know. <laughs> you know, no, it's it's a mob bank. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, yeah. But that whole opening is just it's so you know the music, the camera work, the dialogue. Just it 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 hits a ten on every aspect of, of filling an opening. And the, you know, they needed to do this too. This Nolan, right? He did this one. Yes. They needed to set this kind of tone because, like you said uh, about um, Clooney, right? He did the last campy Batman before that. Right. Well, yeah, Clooney did uh, Batman and Robin 97, and then Batman Begins in 06 or 05, and then Dark Knight was 08. Right, yes. So so they needed to do something of, of this tone, but yeah, that, that opening scene is so good. So good. And then, hey, you know, we, we, we've did a, we did a Batman episode with uh, talking about the Jokers and Heath Ledger, holy crap! That guy no. is downright creepy as a yeah. night guy. Well, I think I think some of the best compliments Dark Knight got was that you know people were saying this is a great. They weren't saying it's a great comic book movie. They're saying this is a great movie. Yes, you know it's it's like a real good crime drama movie that just happens to have a guy dressed like a bat and a guy dressed as a clown. Right. You know, absolutely, and I think that's what that opening scene was. That wasn't a, an elaborate comic book villain heist, you know. Yeah, um, it's not Mister Freeze stealing the diamond in in the opening of Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 crime, and it's what it is. It's people get murdered, and bad guys uh, do bad things, and uh, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah crazy okay let's see this next opening is not done by spielberg <laughs> uh, <laughs> shocking. So, shocking no this is 2000 uh and uh, you know what i'm sitting here looking at my list and I'm, and I'm thinking this isn't as grand as like saving private ryan but i thought it was it was a cool opening it's opening for uh, mission mission impossible 2 and it starts with just you see uh, tom cruise e- ethan hunt rock climbing you know free climbing right he doesn't have any ropes or anything like that he's just kind of climbing up and uh there's that one scene where he's kind of climbing and i think uh he jumps from one tower to another and he just barely he's like landing on like a little ledge and then he slips and again we're we're back to cliffhanger he's hanging on by one freaking fingertip and he does this move where he does what's called the iron cross so his arms are kind of out and he's He's holding himself up, and he makes his way to the top. And I think what, what really like blew my mind was that when you, if you know Tom Cruise, this guy does his own stunts. So when you see a dude climbing up, you know, the mountain, it that's him. When he's jumping from one tower to another, that's him. You know, I mean, the right. fact that he did all these own stunts and stuff, it, it, it blows my mind. And and John Woo, the director, was saying, yeah, we had to, you know, get the helicopter up there, and uh, you know, and it was I remember Tom Cruise saying it was like uh, multiple takes you know it wasn't like he was like ah can we do it like one more time you know <laughs> and he had you know reset and, and climb up and, and reset it and jump across and, and stuff but uh, but the Iron Cross that was uh, it was Tom Cruise doing it but you know when you when you see like behind the scenes stuff he's only like 20 feet off the ground and he kind of green screened everything else but he's still doing the Iron Cross which is still pretty impressive yeah. Um, but I always found that 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 opening scene really really fun, and I and I liked Mission Impossible too. I, I liked a lot of things about it. That movie got me into motorcycles. I bought my motorcycle because of that stupid movie, uh, and 
it, it was good. I, I like I like that tone of Mission Impossible too. I I, I don't, didn't care too much for the first one. It's funny Mission Impossible's the movies. Uh, they're not all consi- like I like some. I didn't, I didn't like all. Rogue one. I mean, not, I'm sorry. Rogue Nation was awesome, and his next movie coming out at the end of this month. I'm I'm like dying for it to come already. But uh, this Mission Impossible 2, again, that opening scene, it's, it's a fun one for me. And I know it's not as big as the Saving Private Ryan bits and stuff, but there's something about like knowing the guy's really doing these things. Um, it, it blows my mind, that, that sense of realism. Oh, and this last, the, the movie that's coming out, I, I think he like cracked his ankle. And the, the scene that you get in the movie is him really you know, breaking his ankle. I mean, this is how nuts this guy is. But, hey, it, he does it for the realism of the movie and stuff, and, and he enjoys doing these things. And uh, I think another movie, he actually was climbing off a, a tower in Dubai and stuff like that. And in an interview, he says he's never scared of heights. You know, he's like he's, he's one of those guys where he's tempted, like, if he's at the edge of a cliff, he wants to jump, you know? Where with me, I feel like like I need to, like, press my face to the ground, and I, I can't do it. But... Uh, <laughs> Remember that one time we were at my apartment and you went on my fire escape and you're like coming out? I'm like, nah, I'm good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember, remember that? that? You're like, come on, it's fine. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'll stay right here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, MI2 rock climbing scene. Yeah, that's a good scene. It's, uh, well, it's, first of all, just the landscape itself is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, that, and I think that was, uh, John Woo, right? Yeah. Yeah, beautifully shot that scene. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, I mean, it's Tom Cruise. It's what he does. He and it seems like every Mission Impossible, he's got to do something more. Crazy. Didn't he hang on the airplane for real in the last movie? I think he did. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, he's insane. I think it flew. I don't think it went that high, but I think it flew. Still, you're holding on to freaking. I know. He's on <laughs> it's so cool. And you know, they can say, "Hey, Tom, you have something called special effects. Look at and the Marvel movies. We, we, yeah. Oh, you, we got something called stuntman. We, we got this, man. But uh. Yeah. Did you ever see that, that MTV special when Ben Stiller does it like a little mock thing about his being yeah. his double? Oh, that's awesome. That's okay. funny. Look that one up. That's that's a great one. It is good. Yeah, MTV uh, Ben Stiller, Tom Cruise. Yeah, a good one. All right. All right. Mission Impossible. What's this one called? Fallout, right? Yes. Yeah, that does look good. All right. Now my final one. Let me just preface this by saying. <laughs> okay. I'm a grown man. <laughs> okay. And I'm starting to get annoyed that I have to keep saying on these shows that I'm a grown man. But <laughs> I have childlike interests. That's why I have to keep saying it. All right. So this is an animated movie. Okay. Uh, and we talked about how all of these, what makes all of these opening scenes we've just discussed, uh, memorable is that they invoke strong emotions in us yeah you know thrilling uh futility uh fear uh suspense whatever right Whew. this next movie came out in 2009 so uh thankfully i wasn't in my 40s yet so i okay. at least i can say well i was in my 30s so that's why this happened this movie's opening scenes gave me all sorts of feels oh and okay. no, okay. it sets you up for no 2009. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're kind of left feeling down at the beginning of this family animated film, but as the movie progresses, it really becomes an pun intended uplifting story. Oh, I gotcha. 
I'm talking about the opening scene of the animated Pixar film Up. Mother where, <laughs> where Where we see Carl move. I think he moves into a new house. He meets the next door. The girl moves in. One of them moves in and meets the neighbor boy or neighbor girl. And we see them grow up, fall in love, get married, mm-hmm. try to have a baby, find out they can't have a baby, still live, you know, work their jobs, plan on having to spend their retirement by traveling around the world. And she gets sick. She passes away before they can do any of that. And it's a roller coaster of emotions because you go through that you know, puppy love when they're little and then, you know, as they're teenagers, first love and then obviously getting married and then uh, wanting to have kids. And, then you know, you're, you're sad with them when they find out they can't have kids. Um, but how they enjoy being with each other and how they enjoy uh, their life together, even though they couldn't have kids and, and, and their plans for the future. And then you feel for Carl when, when, um, his wife gets sick and uh, Ellie, no, that's her name. When Ellie gets sick and, and she passes away and Carl kind of retreats into himself and into the house. And that's why he, he builds, you know, he, he makes it so his house could fly, you know, yeah. and everything he does in that movie is for his wife, he, you know, um, and then this just young child gets stuck on his porch and he kind of takes him in. So in a way, Carl kind of got everything he wanted. He just, he didn't get to have it with Ellie, but he still had it. He got to travel. He got to have a child in his life. Uh, but that opening scene, I mean, if if you didn't feel feelings, you're a monster. <laughs> you are a monster. Get up and walk out of the theater. <laughs> oh, no, you're right. That is such a beautiful scene. If I remember it, it no words are spoken. They're they're just kind of like showing scenes of of their lives as, as they're right. kind of, you know, like you said, meeting them as they're getting older and stuff. And uh, such a that's a great opening. Also, no, that's so emotional. I remember watching the theater. Everyone was had a teary eye. You know, I was doing one of those. Oh, I got something in my eye. You know, yeah, <laughs> the tear away and stuff. But oh, that's such an emotional one. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see it in the theater. I think I saw it at home, and I was. You know, I'm like, I'm a grown man. Why am I feeling this way? Oh, were you bawling <laughs> then? I wasn't bawling, but I was like, I got verklempt. I was like, <laughs> I was like, poor Carl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. But it, it, it really was. And I just, uh, it's to the point where it's even, as much as I love the scene, it's hard for me to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. All right. Hey, that was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. I like it. I like it. So, hey, if you have any any ideas of, of some great opening scenes that, that we didn't mention, um, hit us up on Facebook and Instagram and, and let us know uh, what, what your ideas are and stuff. Uh, you got some thank yous. I do. All right. Uh, we want to say gracias to the people that have favorited us this past week on Anchor. Um, gracias, Alan, as you know, is thank you in Scandinavian. <laughs> so, uh, let's get started. Uh, we want to say gracias to loading. Okay. My crazy thoughts. Well, oh, thank you. My crazy thoughts <laughs> for favoring us. All right. Uh, Mr. Seth Bradley. Thank you. Gracias. All right. Um, and... 
that's the two we got this week. All right. Well, so gracias, you guys. Thank you. So what Jonathan's talking about is is, is the Anchor app, uh, where you can find us on Anchor uh, FM. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Nerdemy Podcast, Instagram Nerdemy, Twitter Nerdemy Podcast, YouTube Nerdemy Podcast. Please rate and review on iTunes, or you can email us at nerdemypodcast at gmail.com. We got everything? Oh, no, we don't. What? www.brothersinarmchairs. Brothers oh. oh, sorry. I no, no, we... that was, no, I liked your voice better. That was good. I thought we were tag teaming it. Okay. <laughs> Brothersinarmchairs.com, where you can find us and our podcast buddies. Uh, there's like five different shows up there. Um, take a listen to all of them. Yeah. And like Alan said, you know, if you love like us, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, you know, give us five stars, write a nice review. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, we want to be as interactive with our listeners as possible. So drop us a line on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, we really want to know. I, I know Alan. I had a whole bunch of different moves I could have put on this list. Uh, and even when I did that, I was thinking, I'm like, man, I know I'm missing a lot of stuff. So if there was something you know is a great opening and we didn't say it, put it up there or. Or uh, if you want to comment on any of our shows, you know, hit us up Instagram or uh, Facebook. Yeah. Okay. That was awesome. Anything else? Uh, nope. Till next time. Martha. <laughs> <laughs>